and welcome to another episode of Relatively Relatable. I'm your host, Sarah Chappé. And I'm your other host, Jake Cooley. The Relatively Relatable podcast is a weekly podcast about life, trends, and advice from two people who have no business giving it. If you want to stay connected with us after the show, be sure to check us out on Instagram at Relatively Relatable Pod. So I feel like I had a lot of things um, to talk about, but I don't remember a lot of them now you mean in general or about this like um icebreaker oh stuff i was like "Ooh, yeah that'll be good and then as quickly as it enters my brain it also leaves you know you could write them down yeah have an, have an idea note in your have you phone. uh seen that where it's like the biggest lie i tell myself is that i don't need to write it down yeah, I mean, I feel that often. <laughs> I went I went all of my college career without using a planner. What? Mhm. Never used one. How did you get anything done? I don't know. I have never been like a planner person or I, like I, a to-do list person. I just keep things in my head. Do you feel like if you could write it down, you would feel a little bit more free in your brain? Not really. Oh. Because I'm the kind of person that, like, I I end up getting more worked up about, um, like, the formatting of the list or of the calendar or the planner or whatever. Like, I get, I spend more energy thinking about that. <laughs> than I do about the energy that I spend thinking about it outweighs the energy that it relieves by writing it down. And I, I have this like (laughs) this constant fear of like, not fear, but concern of like, if it's a paper list and I lose the paper, then I'm screwed. But if it's on my phone, then it doesn't sync up with my work laptop because my work laptop is a PC and, you know, our security system is weird, but I don't have a good like way of taking notes or keeping track of things on my work PC that is like flexible and um, not super cumbersome. So like I, I will keep to-do lists when I'm really busy, if I have a lot of things going on, but if I'm like normal level busy, I just... <laughs> Keep it all in my head. Oh my gosh, I cannot function that way at all. I have like three different notebooks with all of my to-do lists and then I have it on my phone at any given time. But what if they get out of sync? Then which one, which one? Uh, they never get out of sync. Is the overarching one? Yeah, I don't know. My phone, because I always have my phone with me. Right. So if it's the most important thing, those are going to be on my phone. And then my yeah. notebooks are like everything in my brain. So if I get everything on my phone to-do list crossed off, then I can like double check my notebook and be like, oh yeah, that like piece of mail that I need to fill out that's like not due for a couple months that's on there. Mm. Things like that. Yeah. I mean, I keep track of like schedules and things. I definitely don't try to put those to memory. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm not a planner person. When I in college, when I used to tell people that I d- don't have a planner, they all gave me the same response that you. I just you cannot had. imagine like, how do you trying get to keep anything track done? of it, especially in college. You like eighteen different knew. things going on. Yeah, I don't know. Wild. It's like one of the only things I'm good at. <laughs> and I, like I can't really, th- I can't really think of like any time that I like I never. I never missed an assignment. Like I never didn't turn something in. I never missed an exam, you know? Oh my gosh. Like I would put, I would put things in my phone calendar for like major milestones, like finals. Yeah. (laughs) Like during finals week, I'd block out whatever, whatever all my finals were, but like day-to-day assignments and stuff. I don't know. I feel like in general in college, it was always routine enough where by like week two of the class, you knew like every Thursday you had an assignment due yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I could always just rely on the routine. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit harder in, in the professional world because it's not as rudimentary like day to day. Things are different. So <laughs> it's been it's been a learning experience, but I haven't got fired yet. So 
Must be going all right. Oof, that gives me sweaty pits thinking about it. <laughs> I think, I mean, I have this, I have this theory about list people that they often use list as a fake, um, oh my gosh. a fake way of t- convincing themselves that they did something meaningful. Like, oh my gosh, that's the most cynical thing I've ever heard. Okay, well, I I have been in like project groups with people who spent the entire hour long meeting just writing the list instead of like actually talking about the thing that we needed to talk about. And then because they had this this uh, physical list at the end of it, they said that they were productive. <laughs> my and I think like, like I think it can be not, I mean, not everyone does this, and I think they're valuable, but I think it can be a procrastination tool or a vehicle for procrastination because people are like, well, I'm so stressed out. Like, I know all the things I need to do, but uh, I'm going to make a list. And then they spend two hours, like, making a list, and then they're like, oh, well, that was productive. I'm going to be done for the day. Do you actually think that? I know that because I've <laughs> met people that are this way. Okay. My thing with making like to-do lists is that if I don't have it written down, it's like out of sight, out of mind, and it does not exist. And then it means I don't have anything to do and I can just sit Mm. around. Like if I don't physically, if I can't physically see what my day needs to consist of, I'm like, nice. I don't have anything to do today. (laughs) And I did that for half the day today. And then I was like, that's not Uh. true. I have a lot I have to get done today. Yeah, see, I, my basal anxiety level is pretty high, so I always know that there's something I should be doing. Well, I always know, but like, I'm just like, well, I don't know what it is, so I must just be stressed for no reason. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I'm not saying no. there's anything wrong with lists, and if, especially if they help you, but I'm just saying some people get too much joy out of getting, making the list as opposed to actually getting anything on the list done. No, as long as you're getting the things on the list done. Off. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cool. So speaking of lists, um, <laughs> let's talk about the thing we were going to talk about today, which has nothing to do with lists. Yeah. So uh, on my Blank Slate Instagram and for our emails and patron podcasts that I do, uh, my topic was like uh, social media, basically. Uh-huh. and how you curate yourself for social media and how you could possibly be curating yourself for uh, your like life. And so I thought that would be an interesting discussion to have with not just myself because that's what I do on the Patreon podcast. I just talk to myself, which is fine. I do that normally, so it's like whatever. But I was even thinking about it today. Like, So basically I have been having this dilemma of social media basically just sucks now. And like I've Mm. been hearing it from multiple other creatives. And I know you hate the word like creatives, but... Yeah, I don't even know why, but it... I don't know what else to call people who create content. I I don't have a... I would just say creator. Okay, Like why does it have to be... I mean, creative is a trait. Okay, so other creators. Creator is a thing, yeah. Because it it expands to other like areas, not just like influencers, which are creators. They're making brand content, but other Mm -hmm. just like people who market their business online, just like pretty much any millennial and younger now. Right. That like you can't like you. It's hard to know what you're doing when you don't know the rules of the game, which that's how it feels like social media is right now. And so basically that's like what the issue is, is that everything is so highly curated and then it's like you're burning out because you're trying to like meet this like unrealistic expectation in these unrealistic to-do lists. LOL. Mm. I got that. There we go. And um, so, yeah, that's what I was thinking about today. Like even so I had to screen all of our new shirts for our new apparel line that we're dropping And my screen printing setup is like in our laundry room and there's like Mm -hmm. a five by five little area that I can move around in because it's just like packed to the brim of crap. And I was like, wow, I feel like I'm so behind or like my business doesn't matter because this is what my setup looks like because everybody else is is like curated or they maybe move their Mm -hmm. stuff out to be like 
just this little wall, you know, or they're only showing like, like I do that when I take a picture, like you don't see like the mess. And that was right. kind of what we were talking about or what I was talking <clears throat> about too. Like you don't see mm. the laundry room, but you see the like very clean kitchen. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the dilemma I've been feeling like, how do you like show your real like self, but also like advance on social media because someone who owns a business, you're wanting to gain traction and grow and gain followers and the algorithm favors content that is curated and polished. Mm -hmm. So that was like my initial idea, but it's just such a broader term and idea. So yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I don't really run a business on the internet. So but you frequent the internet. So but I frequent the internet and I have a lot of exposure to people that do that. Yeah. I mean, like I have I have my other podcast, which is I'm sort of starting to get my toes in the water um with this kind of thing. I, I also don't think about it as much as I probably should to be like successful at it. Mm-hmm. But it's tough because I feel like for that use case of people that are marketing themselves or marketing something that they are doing, you're right. You have to, nobody wants to see like your dirty socks and stuff that are, (laughs) that are also in your screen printing spot. But I think there's also probably a large number of people that are screen printing their shirts or making apparel and they've just chosen not to, um, highlight that part of their process on social media because Mm -hmm. they do it in a dungeon. Yeah. You know, like if that's not the main thing that you're doing, but it's just like, you're just selling the merch, then you don't really need to show people. But I, I run into this a lot with music, um, to the point where I feel like I shouldn't, um, I shouldn't share the things that I'm working on or I shouldn't like for a long time, I've always wanted to take like little videos, um, like performing things that I've created, mm-hmm. written or whatever, but I don't have like this nice studio mm-hmm. room mm-hmm. where everyone that I see do this similar style of thing has. And I don't, you know, want to spend a bunch of money on it. And my apartment situation is pro- prohibitive. And it's also my office that I work in mm-hmm. normally. Mm-hmm. So I end up just not doing it. And I think there's like this fine line of, if it's valuable, like if if showing the people your screen printing process is important to you, you should just do it. And then if you feel like you need to have a more inspiring workspace, um, then you should make that happen somehow. But I feel like it's it's better to do it than not, you know. Yeah, well, so the thing is like, like for TikTok is like, obviously really big right now for businesses because you could go viral overnight and like your business could blow up. But then there's like people on TikTok that are like how to go viral on TikTok and like how to like promote your business on TikTok. And everything is like post two to three videos every day. And I'm like, okay, I'm already creating for just my business. And then Instagram is pretty much my main like pool that I'm working with right now. So I'm creating for that which is like incredibly curated and like you can't overpost. Otherwise you'll get in trouble with the algorithm. You can't underpost. Mm. And that now I have to create two to three videos on TikTok. And so they're saying like, just post anything, post your behind the scenes, post this, this, this. And so big ones that people like are like processes because people don't know how to screen print or yeah. it's interesting to see the behind the scenes. But then you see videos that are people, it's just so highly curated. Like it's just so, polished everything is polished and just what I've been hearing is that it's like social media is supposed to be fun for Mm -hmm. the majority and like most people don't feel like it is and I just saw last night that there's a new app called Hive and it's supposed to be like MySpace Mm. and MySpace and Instagram and so you have it's set up like Instagram with like a grid feed and everything, but you can have music that plays or you can have it like Facebook with like just messages and tweets and stuff. But so many people wanted it that it crashed the network. 130,000 people like downloaded it and signed up within like an hour Mm. 
because I think people are so tired of like feeling like they have to stand out on social media. And then like at the end of all of these like lists of like how to do it, it's like be authentic and have fun. But then like by that point, it's like you're so burnt out. And I think you're burnt out consuming it too. Yeah. So my perspective is I, I, on TikTok, I enjoy the just like behind the scenes POV. Here's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. As long as it's like well lit enough to where the video isn't grainy and your phone is not like struggling to take the video. (laughs) Like that's really the the bare minimum for quality for me on TikTok. (laughs) But on Instagram, you're right. Like it is, I think each platform kind of has its own style. Like if I'm on TikTok and I see something like really highly produced with like really nice cinematic camera transitions and mm-hmm. all this B-roll crap. I mean, you only have what, a minute? Yeah. on TikTok. So to me that's like I'm not here for this. Right. I'm here for like the quick and dirty, like give it to me and leave kind of thing. But if I'm watching a video on YouTube and it doesn't have any of that nice cinematic B-roll, I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, this is a dog shit video. <laughs> right. Like, why did you even post this? It's, but it's just a different vibe. So maybe there's a strategy there. Maybe that's more exhausting. But I mean, I don't see how like a new version of Instagram is going to solve the problem. Like the problem on Instagram is it's been around for so long. So they have to keep, I mean... You can debate on whether or not they have to, but they've made the decision to keep updating their algorithm mm-hmm. um, because people, once someone hacks, hacks, quote unquote, based, meaning figures out the system, then they can more or less exploit it. So Instagram has to kind of stay on their toes that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a function of it having been around for so long. So a new platform in its infancy can just be like, yeah, whatever is posted most recently, that's at the top of your feed or whatever, and just do it, you know, basically start where Instagram started. Yeah. But eventually, if they're around for 15 years or whatever, it's not going to be the same. Like, it it can't be, because people are always going to figure out the algorithm, and then they're going to use that to their own personal gain, which is not a bad thing. Like, I'm not saying people should stop doing that, but um, for a company that's, paying people, but also trying to make money themselves, it is in their best interest to not let people just kind of run away with their secret and, and teach like, teach everybody who has a phone, um, you know, how to get more and more engagements off of, you know, useless content. You know, like if I, if I hacked the algorithm and just, got a bunch of traction doing the stupid stuff that I do day to day and was like making money doing it, but really like didn't have anything to offer. That would be kind of, that would be unfair to the people that are, are actually trying to run a business and like do meaningful things on the app, but don't have the algorithm figured out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, I think that's why they keep changing it and keep tweaking it is because people like me in this example, figure it out and then exploit it or whatever. I don't know. Maybe they're just bored and they have to pay their engineers to do something. So <laughs> they just write a, write a new algorithm. I mean, don't you think though that there <clears throat> is like, it becomes a rat race. So like I have a friend that she literally has like a hundred followers. Like she's hyper specific about who follows her. It's like a, she has a mm-hmm. really blocked profile on Instagram. Yeah. And that is even curated. So she said that there's even people with like within the hundred people she follows and a hundred people she lets follow her, like she sees five and it's because it like meets the specific algorithm that like absolutely nobody understands or knows exists. Right. It's like this invisible game. But, and like, like that to me seems, that seems hard because it's like, they're not playing on the same playing field as like an influencer who has a hundred million followers or someone like me who's just barely cracking a thousand. Mm-hmm. Like there's, if I don't want to compete with a hundred million and like have a production team to like photograph me in my outfit, if I just want to be like, here I am in my unwashed flannel that has ink all over <laughs> it, 
Like, yeah. if people want to see that, they should be allowed to see that because that's why they follow me. If I have... Well, they're not not allowed to see it. But there are people aren't seeing it stuff <clears throat> because it's not, quote unquote, like sure. curated or like hitting the like hashtag minimum, hashtag max. You're not changing your hashtags enough. You aren't um, tagging your location. You're not filtering it. It doesn't fit in with your grid aesthetic. Like there's so many things that it absolutely has to hit for it to mm. get pushed out into the feed. So to play devil's advocate, <clears throat> couldn't you run into the same problem if it was absolutely unfiltered? Then it would just be a fire hose of constant stuff. Like you'd be buried. At, you'd but still if, be buried. If it was people I was following, then I would be, that's why I followed them. But what if you follow 10,000 people? But then that's where you the follow, chronological comes a, in. Yeah, but if you have a thousand people and they all posted that day, are you going to see all 1,000 of those? Yeah. I not, think, every, not everyone spent like gets through their entire feed. Yeah, but I think then it's more just like that's my like ability to see it rather than like you. the algorithm is deeming that this is worthy for me to see it or deeming that it's worthy for others to see it. And mm. apparently that's the same thing on TikTok now because it did blow up so big during 2020 that yeah. it tests videos that you put out so like one video that you post could get like 200 views and then you could post a video 10 minutes later and it would get two mm -hmm. and it's because the algorithm decides if it will perform well based off of like the sound you used and the like hashtags and the wording and like how it's constructed mm. and i just think like I understand it's all a business and I understand you're dealing with not just like hundreds of thousands of people on the app. You're dealing with like billions of people pushing content out and everyone right. wants to be seen. But at what point is it just like, we're all trying to fit this mold on social media and like it bleeds into our real life because yeah. I know for me, I, sit on social media and I'm like, oh my gosh, these people are doing the exact same thing as me. We're on the same playing field and we might even have the same, like, like if we looked at our finances, they might be the same numbers that we're doing. You know what yeah. I mean? But because of how their stuff is curated, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so further along than me. Oh my gosh. Right. Who knows if they've been doing it for 10 years longer than me. But right now right. I'm seeing, you know, whatever. And then you go off social media and you're like, crap well, I have to like buy all this stuff to like you know make this video look good so that it could possibly go viral it's like oh it just like blows my mind that it is like mm. we're almost conditioned to this yeah yeah I mean I think that's the real problem is when it bleeds into your personal life like I <clears throat> I can't see a world moving forward where if you choose to run your business or have a business that lives on the internet and your primary, you know, uh, marketing strategy or just existence is through things like Instagram. Um, I'm not saying that's a bad thing and that's the barrier of entry is pretty low and it's easy, easily attainable for everyone. So I think it's a good thing in general, but, um, I don't see a world where you can have that business and not like play the game. Right. Yeah. And that has been true in the business world long before technology. It's all about playing the game. And like, you know, back when it was print ads or back when it was TV ads, like they wouldn't screen just anybody's commercial. You know, you would mm -hmm. have to, it would have, you'd have to prove that it was a certain level of quality for it to be pushed to people. Like I, I get it's a different thing on an app in your phone. Yeah. It should be a little bit more accessible than, than that. But um, with all of the people that are trying to do it, like I, I have to, I know it's like such an unpopular opinion, but I have to kind of side with the algorithm because I think it, it serves a purpose of making sure that there's like garbage doesn't get through. But the problem is, like you said, there are people like you whose stuff isn't garbage, but it's somehow still getting buried um, and lost in the noise. So you think that it, like 
the algorithm. So maybe the algorithm in general is a good idea because it filters out like spam accounts and just like people who just want to be on the app to like experience it. But mm-hmm. the t- like a list of things to even just qualify is like ridiculous. Like as a small business owner or even just like a person who's like kind of wanting to like, maybe they're super into photography, but they're not trying to be a photographer, but they're just like, yeah, maybe like 1500 followers. I could like show my yeah. photography to people or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. you have to post like X amount of reels, X amount of IGTVs, X amount of stories, X amount of posts. You have to interact on the app with with accounts, but not too many because you don't want to seem spammy. But like there's not actually a number. It's different for each account and based off the followers that you have. You have to use these hashtags, but you better check to make sure they're not banned hashtags. So you have to go to this (laughs) site to check if they're banned. And if they don't come up when you have, like it's a whole thing. And that's where I just get like, like it's not fun for anybody. Right. And even if I was just like a normal person, like my personal Instagram account, I never post on it anymore because it's just yeah. like everybody else looks better than I do. I don't want to freaking <laughs> put my hat in the ring. I don't right. like <clears throat> I dick around with Instagram and the algorithm so much that like to post on my personal Instagram is exhausting. It is the most yeah. exhausting thing ever. I'm getting I'm getting mad. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I I like I said, I don't really I can't really relate to all the woes and struggles of someone running a business on it, but I have to ask like if it's such a such a bandwidth suck and you don't feel like you're getting any return on your investment, then what is like what is the point? Well, what's the alternative? I mean, what do you, so let, let me ask you this. What are you trying what are you trying to get out of your presence on the Instagram? Well, I put, think that put the algorithm, put the algorithm, everything like the hustle of trying to get in front of a million people aside. What's the point of it all? Well, I think the you? beautiful thing about social media is that you create these like pockets of community and like you can be sure. in pockets of interests, like on all these different social media platforms. Facebook doesn't really allow that because you have to be friends with them. You can be in groups, yeah. but it's like, Facebook is it's a dead stupid thing. Yeah. Like Twitter's the <clears throat> same way. Instagram, TikTok, now this new hive, I was looking at it, and you can literally like you can just like follow broad topics. So it's like TikTok, yeah. it's, it's like the for you page a little bit. And I think that's super cool and you get to connect with people. So you think of people who are like a musician, like the Talbot Brothers. That gives them like a whole nother opportunity to reach people who would not go to a show. Like if they right. had like cool content they're putting out, if their music got reshared by somebody, like it's just like a cool way to connect with people. And it's the same way with a brand because yeah. you think a brand is not just selling items. They're like selling an experience or an idea of something. Mm. You can connect with people. They become like mini blog posts. Like your social media can become whatever you really want it to be. Like IGTV, you could do series instead of doing like a YouTube series. It's so much more user-friendly for someone if you don't know how to use like a camera and edit it and upload it. It's pretty minimal, you know, like you could literally figure it out. So as a business owner, that's enticing because then you're not spending like ads on TV. Like an ad for an Instagram account is like so, I mean, minimal compared to like a brand campaign like for small businesses. So it's not always about going viral or getting to a million followers or reaching millions of people like just even like in Nebraska or Lincoln you can reach your community like I find so many people or businesses or stuff just based off Instagram yeah and so that's just exposure at that point but if you're pushing my question here though is um do you feel like you're spending more bandwidth on your Instagram presence than you are actually like doing your job no. or actually creating things or actually like doing what it, what your business is designed to do? No. Okay. It just is one of those like, like the whole, the whole concept of what I was like, the dilemma was there has to be a balance. 
Like there mm-hmm. isn't there, there has to be a balance because like our life, it does not boil down to social media, but our life is centered around social media, especially now in a pandemic where we're like, can't really connect with people. Right. So it's like, where's the balance of like, you know, it says like be authentic, but don't be too authentic because like no one actually wants to know that real side of you. Like how does that bleed into your real life of like, yeah, maybe people don't want to know all of this stuff about me or this piece of me is actually too messy. Yeah. I mean, so uh, yeah, I agree. And (laughs) I think talking about like a personal Instagram account, I think a lot of people fall into this too, where to me, like the, the biggest question is, am I doing this for Instagram or am I posting something that I was going to do anyway? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I find myself, when I first started podcasting, I found myself like thinking of interesting things I could do in my life so I could talk about them on the podcast so that they would be, the podcast would be interesting. Yeah. So I had this weird lens on life where every everything that happened, I was like, of course, I wouldn't write it down because that's not my MO, but I would put it, put like these bookmarks in my head of, oh, remember to talk about that on the podcast, mm-hmm. whatever. And I used to do the same thing on Instagram where like, you know, I'd always try to take these, you know, the same little stupid pictures of people like practicing music or like um, the picture of their fretboard on their guitar. So people, everyone knew that they're interesting and mm-hmm. playing guitar, but I I don't know, like I can't always say that something is inauthentic just because it's on Instagram, if it's like exciting or cool, because I, I, I've found that there are people on the internet that will like go out of their way to share like really emotional, raw, sad things. And it feels like an overcompensation to me. And it also feels disingenuous in its own right like to me if if you're doing something and you're interested in it like you went on a trip that you're excited about and you want to show that you want to catalog it on your instagram or whatever like i can't say that that's inauthentic what i would say is inauthentic is like uh I don't know, doing things just for the sake of, you know, they would be cool on Instagram, like going on a trip because you know, it would make good Instagram content. You know, if you don't actually care about going to Iceland, but you know, a lot of these cool pictures that people are posting are Mm -hmm. in Iceland and that's all you're doing it for. That's inauthentic. But if you love to travel and it's part of your life and you want to like document that and you also like photography and you like the art of like making pictures look good, I can't, I can't fault someone for doing that just because that's not what my life looks like. Like I've never, I don't often look, see people happy on the internet, which is odd to me because I like generally don't like happy people. I think that (laughs) they can't be trusted. But like if I see someone doing something cool on the internet, like I don't, my default reaction is not, oh, well, they're just doing it for the Instagram or they're just fake. I I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm brainwashed, but... (laughs) I like I get uncomfortable when people post pictures on Instagram of them like crying and are like have this long caption about this is what my real life looks like like behind all of the super nice pictures there's actually a soul you know who's hurting <laughs> like that feels that feels to me not authentic in the same way it's just mm-hmm. like on the opposite side yeah yeah okay I mean you're making the same point I am but with a different example well I'm saying I'm saying I agree with you but I think I think everybody has this like default of what is what does authenticity look like and I don't know if that that there's a like great answer to that I think it's all about the delivery and your own motivation and not yeah that like that's not always going to come off right like that's a self audit that we have to do in our own lives. Like yeah. I, I totally agree with your, your overall point that there has to be a balance. And I think like the balance is not auditing other people and that I'm not saying that's what you were suggesting, but um, it, it always just comes down to auditing yourself and seeing like, am I actually, do I actually want to go on this trip? 
Am I mm-hmm. actually working out and like recording my workouts because I like it and mm-hmm. I, you know, have some purpose for it and, or am I doing it? Cause that's what everybody else is doing on mm-hmm. Instagram right now. Mm-hmm. Those are only questions that those are questions only you yourself can answer for yourself. I think that's also the like difficult part as being a creator because, uh, everything that is being told to you, me or anybody else who's trying to like grow a platform, like even just take, for example, like the Talbot brothers who already have a sizable following on Instagram, but say they want to like grow more mm-hmm. like here, here's X, Y, and Z. And then it'll be like, but create things that you want. And so there's just this like, do you though, do you actually <laughs> create for yourself? Because then there's the argument that like, if you create for fun, like then people will follow you because you're having a good time. Mm-hmm. But it's not true. <laughs> yeah. Think. And like, Oh, I just, so I, but I think, I think you keep going back to the the case of someone trying to grow their business. Oh, like, okay. I think, so if I think I'm it's a, a nece- keep- it's almost a necessary evil for people on their business, like are trying to grow their business. It's a, it's a game at it, like the game of business at that point. And it's always business has always been that way. It's just yeah. packaged in a different box on Instagram. Okay. So I'm also a consumer of content on social media uh-huh. and it's still like, so, so perfectly curated that I, as the consumer feel like I am incorrect. Like, Right. Like somehow everybody else was able to wake up on time today and have clean pair of clothes and like a <laughs> breakfast and wash their hair. Whereas I'm the only person in the entire sphere of who I follow that couldn't get that accomplished. Like, mm. and I understand that people sometimes like there's a, there's always that argument of like, don't share too much or like share everything. And it's like, you kind of have to, like you said, some people don't post their kids on social media and some people like document their birth. It's like, whatever, you know? Yeah. They each have their own reasons, but like there has, that's where like, I keep saying there has to be like a balance between like it. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like I'm not, <laughs> I feel like I just sound like a crazy person. No, you don't sound like a crazy person, but I think, I think you're stuck on like, I think you're stuck on this idea that you need to be successful on Instagram to be a successful person. No, I mean, even as a consumer, like, no, I know, but like you, you see you, you base like your standards of life based on what you saw on Instagram. I mean, don't you at some point? No, I do. Yeah. Like that's the, the, (laughs) I am not disagreeing with you that there is a balance, but I'm not, I guess I'm struggling to see if you're, or to gauge if you're blaming Instagram for that, or if that's a thing that we need to audit ourselves. Because to me, my, my idea is like before Instagram, people saw movie stars Mm -hmm. before movie stars, people saw, you know, like, um, rock stars in Rolling Stone magazine Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, um, even when you, even still, when you go check out at Walmart, there's all these, uh, people on magazine covers that like how I lost, you know, 50 pounds in four days or whatever. (laughs) So like the problem here really isn't social media on its own. People have been comparing themselves to idealized versions of life forever. But it's the difference that they're celebrities. So they're like already in that, like, these are like, I could look at your life and be like, wow, Jake's life, like you're a normal guy, and I could still think it's this. I think everything it's the same works phenomenon. out for him, but not for me because of what you curate. Like you could be literally like jobless, and like no one would know. You know what I yeah. mean? Or you could literally be homeless, and like, but the way you curate it, or like what you post, like no one would have any idea. But the the root issue is self or is comparison. It has nothing to do with celebrities versus normal people. I get your point that it is it's easier to convince yourself that you're behind when that person is not a celebrity. Mm -hmm. But if you have the understanding that, okay, I mean, I could perfectly curate my life too. Like, I feel like that's what we have to. No, I don't think you should. 
But what we, but what you and I think people should do is not what everybody is going to do. Like we can't, we can't tell them to stop. All we can do is take care of the way that we perceive things. So like, I'm not, I'm, I literally cannot lie to you that I see all these like super jacked dudes on Instagram and feel like, yeah, I feel great about myself. (laughs) But I like, I had this realization the other day, like I was getting super depressed about like how long I've been working out, how hard I work out compared to people I see at the gym, Mm -hmm. compared to people I see on Instagram. Like I, most of my Instagram explore page is jacked dudes, (laughs) not hot girls, not music, not anything that I'm actually interested in. It's like the thing I'm least interested in, which is jacked people of my same (laughs) gender that I'm not attracted to sexually. (laughs) Right. But this is all I see. Like my, my neurons are constantly flooded with like, you're less than all these people Mm -hmm. because they're massive and they're also super lean. But I keep forgetting that like a lot of these dudes are on steroids. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of these dudes, their life depends on looking this way on Instagram because Mm -hmm. they had nothing else that they like, this is the life that they chose for themselves for better or for worse. So I have to remind myself that like I could do that. Like I could start taking gear and I could, you know, or even like even putting that aside, like in the most pure form, like to be a hundred percent natural and do it a hundred percent right. I would have to dedicate my life to it. Like a lot mm-hmm. of these other people do. Mm-hmm. And that's not a sacrifice or a thing that I'm willing to do. So I have to, I have to flip this switch in my brain. It's my responsibility at that point to say, okay, I'm not, that's not worth it to me to sacrifice my entire life to be yacked and shredded year round. These guys are posting like their best pictures on Instagram because that's what they have. That's what they do. Like I have to, I have to, I have to intentionally convince myself that it's not worth losing sleep over. Yeah. Which is a hard thing to do. Like I, I mean, I've spent the first, like up until probably like eight months ago, like I spent the majority of my relevant adult life outside of college being just aggressively unhappy Mm -hmm. um, at the idea that I was behind because I kept seeing this shit on Instagram of people like how I made my first million dollars at the age of 23 Mm -hmm. or, you know, how to be a millionaire in eight, eight steps, but you have to pay for my course or (laughs) whatever, you know, like all this. And like, I got the, these freaking multi-level marketing schemes around here that kept like poaching me at the grocery mm-hmm. store being like, um, don't you want to like be able to quit your job by the time you're 30 and be a millionaire? Like, absolutely. What secret <laughs> do you have that I am obviously an idiot and missed out on? Yeah. You know, I spent most of my time trying to figure out why all these other people had something that I didn't. Mm-hmm. And it just clicked to me that it's, all bullshit. Like the stuff that people put on Instagram, it's, it's not real. And there's, I don't think there's anything wrong. Like I enjoy photography and I enjoy like the art of trying to make pictures look cool, Mm -hmm. but I also don't care how many people like my picture. Like I posted a picture the other day to my personal account, which is the first time in months that I posted anything. Mm -hmm. And all it was, was a picture of me in traffic, you know, (laughs) that I had edited that I thought looked cool. And as I was posting it, I was like, "Ah, should I post this? I mean, it's not interesting. Nobody Mm -hmm. cares. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I mean, I like this picture. Like, I don't, I don't care if it gets even one like, like I want to get it off my phone, but I want to keep it. So I'm putting it on Instagram. Yeah. So I've gone back to like the old man approach to Instagram (laughs) of like only posting pictures because I think they're cool. But I don't know. I've been on, I've been on both sides of self-comparison and it's like a constant struggle for me, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's Instagram's fault. Like I can't hold them accountable for it. Like it's a thing that I, I deal with on my own. Yeah. So that's my rant. What do you, what do you, what do you think about that? (laughs) I just, I don't really agree with you. Okay. And in what way? Well, like I definitely think that like I as a consumer or even like creator have to check myself and say like, compare, 
comparing myself to somebody else is not going to benefit me and it's not going to like improve my products. It's not going to improve my design. Like it's not going to do anything except keep me from not doing it because it, I'm mm-hmm. going to be like, well, I'm never going to be as good as them. So I just might like, I might as well not do it. Blah, blah, blah. Like you just like hold yourself back. Right. For sure. But I think there is an issue with like, um, what's the word of like, Oh my God, what is the word? Not brainwashing, but you know, conditioning somebody to conditioning somebody to think this picture or this idea of your life will look better and do better than this idea. Like I watched a video of somebody who, um, made people believe they went on a trip, but they literally never even left their apartment. But because of like how they could post (laughs) pictures in front of a TV or like go to restaurants and like geotag stuff, you could literally Uh, make somebody think you are a travel blogger and literally never leave your apartment. And so I think that's where I have the issue. (laughs) Not exactly like, not that I don't think people are doing that because eventually you'd get found out, but yeah, like that's the issue. And that's where I, I think it happens a lot more than we realize that like I could make it look like I eat super healthy. I get up and like get, have my coffee. I have my life together when inside I literally want to kill myself or like I'm sure, yeah, but you, you don't want to tell anybody like off social media. Like I wouldn't want to text my friends and say like, Hey, I just posted this picture of me looking fly, but I feel like a whale. Like, why'd you <laughs> post that then? And why are you like, you know, then there's like that disconnect of like, uh-huh. You're also, you're not like it, whatever about being authentic. Like you're also not being who you are. Like that's where I'm like, that's the question I have and the dilemma I have because it's, I don't think I, I don't think I understand what your question is. <laughs> can you, can you boil it down into an actual question well, or an I'm actual point? Trying to. Okay. <laughs> that like the dilemma I have is can I post like myself and who I am and it still be like successfully or successfully like received or um, not filtered out, I guess. And like, how do you not let that bleed into your normal life? Because I know that the ultra successful version of me, people like a lot more. So I'm obviously going to only present that piece of me to people around me. So that's what I'm saying that like social media conditions you in your other relationships outside it of can. social media. Yeah. I mean, and like I just not everybody is to... as like introspective as like maybe you or I am. No, I get that, but like um I just keep going back to the you you said something about like can i still can i show the the really raw or like the ugly things and still have it be successful my Not question like successful, is just like received as well as like the ultra but i guess my question person. is what do you, what do you mean by received as well like because not everybody even if it's not on instagram like your casual friends or just like acquaintances. I need to stop clicking this pen. It's a thing I do when I'm thinking. <laughs> um, just like these kind of fringe relationships on your in your life that maybe do just follow you because you have interesting posts or whatever. Mm-hmm. They m- genuinely may not be interested mm-hmm. in how you're doing as a person. Like that's a, that's a harsh reality of the world that like not everybody cares about everyone deeply. So like to me, like I don't feel any sort of, any sort of desire to like air out my, my dirty parts of my life on the internet, Mm -hmm. let alone to people I'm like pretty close with. Like I don't even tell them. There's like very select people in my life that I feel like I could say, Hey, I posted a picture of myself looking fly, but I actually am super sad to to use your example. But at the same time, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm the wrong person to have this conversation with because I also just don't, I'm not posting pictures of myself 
if I'm if I'm feeling sad, I'm just like off. I'm not putting anything out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not also but, not posting pictures of me like crying in bed. Like right. I want to make that clear that like I am there are people that do and like so for example, I follow this girl. Um she's like a very well-known influencer and she just had a baby, so she's documenting the like postpartum. Yeah. And I as a female who is of childbearing years, kind of appreciate that because for a while there was this like, oh my God, like I had a baby and now I'm like back to like uh, work and like, uh." like it's kind of refreshing sometimes to see her get up and her hair is like literally like caked to the side of her face and like breast milk because she like fell asleep feeding the baby. But that, like you said, is the kind of content that I want to consume. Like it's not for everybody, but she does have over a million followers. So it seems like there is an want for like reality to like kind of share the light with the hyper curated. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you should always be in pursuit of being yourself. And if that is at the expense of not getting a bunch of likes I'm speaking from the lens of my personal account, like not trying to run a business, okay? Because I, I, I maintain that there are different things. Um, me and my personal account, like if I'm post, like, and just in life in general, I feel like you should be in pursuit of being yourself. And I mean, not everybody is doing that, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it's a conscious decision or not. Like, uh there's always this pressure of, um, you know, trying to be the best version of yourself at all times or whatever. And I think even just, even just out in public, like if you're around a new group of friends or whatever, you want to seem interesting. Everybody's kind of posturing, Mm -hmm. everybody's doing this thing. But if you're at your core doing things just for the sake of like getting noticed by other people, like, uh, if I was only playing music because I knew girls liked guys that play guitar, which by the way, does not make you as popular with the ladies as I thought it did. It would when I started playing guitar. But if I'm only interested in music because of the prospect of like being this musician player boy or whatever, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's just a shallow pursuit. It's a hollow pursuit. Mm-hmm. You'll never find any sort of, any sort of, fulfillment out of it so like I feel like the solution is just to accept that being super authentic or like if if being true to yourself is not the aesthetically pleasing perfectly lit editing to a t perfectly composed photo that most people put on instagram it's probably better in the long run to still post it. Like I agree that Instagram deciding that that's not worth showing to people is probably not cool, but like, I don't think we should, I think you and I agree on this, that we shouldn't be changing ourselves for the sake of Instagram, Mm -hmm. but it's frustrating that that is, that is what we feel like we have to do Mm -hmm. or it's bled into the other aspects of our life, but I don't know. I like, I, I felt this way. I felt that way about things even before I was on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I like, it's hard for me just to blame Instagram for these feelings that I have. Right. Because I've always had, before I even knew what the internet was, I had feelings of inadequacy Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I have to live up to all these expectations of people that people have put on me or that I've put on myself for whatever reason, or, you know, I was a, I was fat as a kid and I, all my idols were super chiseled and like all their clothes fit perfectly. And I just always felt like I was never good enough because mm-hmm. of things like that. And that was before I could even conceive an idea of this thing called Instagram. Right. So they're just, and like when I started, you know, you start hanging out with friends and they're, they all seem way cooler than you. So I changed a lot of things about my personality to try to fit in with the cool kids like in middle school. Mm-hmm. This is all pre-Instagram and everything too. <laughs> you know, so it's like a systemic issue just in being a human, yeah. I think. But it's definitely uh 
amplified by social media. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, th- I think we're in agreement. Maybe that's like that. what I'm feeling, but it's like, like you said, it's just kind of like a root issue, but then like social media is like putting a magnifying glass on it in the heat <laughs> with the sun right. right next to it. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're already predisposed to thinking a thing and then kind of subconsciously you're constantly triggered to think that thing, then you're going to notice it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I mean, if, I don't I mean, believe that it's just me. Like, I think it is. No, I don't. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying that it's just you, but I'm saying that people have this pretendency or predisposition of comparison. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking from experience. Like, I am definitely the kind of person that if I'm at a bar and I see a dude that is yacked, <laughs> the only thing that I can think is, damn, that dude is better than me in some way. Yeah. You know? that that's in person. And I, like I said, I've always felt that way. So I have to be conscious and intentional about like when I'm on Instagram, Mm -hmm. if I start to like go down this road, I have to get out of it. Yeah. And I mean, I've been in therapy for like over two years now trying to attack this issue. So that's why I kind of like have this kind of cerebral headspace around it. Yeah. Um, I processed it a lot in the last few years, but it's like, I can't say that's not an issue for me because it definitely is, but I've, I've identified it as a root issue in myself in way other areas than just on social media. Yeah. I've just identified social media, like you said, as a magnifying glass in the heat, direct sun. <laughs> You're just a little ant. Yeah. <laughs> Getting cooked. Yeah. Sorry, I, I don't know. I, I don't think this conversation necessarily went the direction you thought it or wanted it to go. It's still a good conversation to have. I think the, the takeaway is we agree. Yeah. That it's like sad and terrible that we feel like we have to change who we are yeah. because of this app in our phone. Yeah. Like I would love um, nothing more than to like quote unquote shit post about my business or like post that I'm like literally screen printing next to a pile of dirty laundry. But I know (laughs) that won't like go well. And it's like, then it's like, why even bother going through the effort of like setting up the tripod and like filming myself for 20 minutes to then cut it down to 60 seconds. And it's just like, for somebody that's already spending so much time creating. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why? And then, but I also do not want to go put makeup on and like move all my stuff out to a well-lit room. So I'm just like, I don't know what to do anymore. I quit. That's why I, I just don't wear makeup. Yeah. It's me either. Smart. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, every week, Jake and I do a go-to for the week. So, Jake, what's your go-to this week? Um, My go-to this week has just been foam rolling and stretching. Mm-hmm. It's not a, you know, a product or anything by any means. But I... um definitely effed up my back in the gym last week so I've been living on the foam roller and just doing a lot of stretching Mm -hmm. and realizing how much I neglect that even though I think I'm doing a good job Mm -hmm. about it you know so um, stretching for 20 minutes a day when you sit like an idiot in your chair for eight hours a day it's like a very uphill battle Mm -hmm. It's like trying to blow up a mountain with a firecracker. So (laughs) you could always be doing more. So um, yeah, just taking care of yourself in general. Yeah. I like sit like this. And for those who can't see me, I did this. (laughs) (laughs) I hunched my shoulders. Troll shoulders. I like, I catch myself in the weirdest positions in my chair. Uh And I'm like, no wonder you feel like shit. I sit on the couch when I work. Yeah. And I'm just like, like a noodle. And then I well, and like I'll I'll be in the gym. This is a thing that I've actually wanted to. Speaking of social media, <laughs> post on like TikTok or something. Like, I can't figure out why my back hurts because my like show a video of me deadlifting with perfect form. <laughs> but then, you know, when I'm taking the weight off the deadlift bar to put it away, I'm yeah. like cat backed, <laughs> like jerking it off yep. the bar, and like like maybe that's why you know. Yeah the majority of the movements that I do during my day-to-day life are not in perfect no. form. So, Same. 
Anyway, what's your go-to this week? Uh, Stefan and I stumbled across the show Superstore on NBC, mm. and um, it is so funny. Like, it is... Really? It is so funny. So, we are huge Brooklyn Nine-Nine fans, and I think that's mm-hmm. like peak comedy for me. It's Like, it I think it's, it's way better than The Office and Parks and Rec and New Girl. Yeah. Like. People sleep on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but people are dead to Superstore. I really, I had heard like, like it's, it's going into like its seventh season. So I'd like never heard of it and it has America Ferreira in it. So if you guys watch Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants or Ugly Betty, I think that's, I think your mom used to watch this show. Oh, really? And Uh it is hilarious. I will say I do not like Amy, the main character which is America Ferreira. I'm hoping we're mm. only in season two, so I'm really hoping she gets some character development, but man, she is a whiny. <laughs> she is whiny. Her like whole p- character like motive is that she's a teen mom and it drives me nuts. Like we freaking get it. Like move on. Like yeah. she is so reduced down to the fact that she hates her life because she's a teen mom. And that's not a spoiler. It's like, Episode four, they episode yeah. one. <laughs> okay. So it's like very, very early revealed that she like has a kid, but it is hilarious. It. Dina is by she's like the equivalent. She reminds me if you mixed Dwight with like Ron Swanson and Charles from Brooklyn Nine Nine. She is just that's quite the mashup. Yes, she is so funny, and there is, um, the like store manager Glenn, like everybody is like, they're just perfect. They're perfectly weird. And like they work at this, like it's supposed to be like a Walmart or like a super Kmart. And so the uh-huh. clips in between are people just being idiots at the store. So there'll just be like someone putting all the milk on the floor to like get the like expiration date they want and then leaving it there because you know, people yeah. do that stuff. It yep. is so funny. Like me, Stefan does not binge watch TV and we spent all day Sunday. We watched 15 episodes. We there watched like go. an entire season. He is, is so funny. That's a good Sunday. Yeah, I'm about it. So if you've never seen it, it is on Hulu and the um, season six is on YouTube TV. I think so that's Stefan actually watched season six wow. and then went back and started at the beginning. So he, he now knows how it, where it's at right now. Okay. But that's that's Got the it. go-to. I also have a sad face for the week. Okay. I think segment? he's watching it without me right now. I can oh, hear it. Shoot. What a jerk! Divorce him. My sad face for the week is that Matt Fraser officially retired from CrossFit. Oh really? And I send it to you on Instagram. So clearly, you do not read my DMs. No, I don't read anyone's anything. <laughs> and yeah, so he announced uh, yesterday that he reti- is retiring from CrossFit. If you don't know who Matt Frazier is, which you probably don't because it's super niche. He is the five-time reigning like CrossFit champ. It's like, yeah. what would you say the CrossFit Games is equal to? Like March Madness? Because it's, it's once a year, but it's like, it's not like the Olympics. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, just like the world the Super Bowl of anything, I guess, for that sport, yeah. yeah. And uh, he has won five times in a row, and he's won by the largest margin any competitor has ever won by, male or female. Super dominant, and it was kind of out of nowhere that he decided to retire, but he always said that he would retire once he knew that he was like done like he wanted to leave on like a happy note and not like that he got hurt or something and yeah he he just like casually posted on instagram and of course then it like caught fire and he posted like a letter through one of the crossfit like reporting sites and it was like Hmm. so beautiful and like eloquent and he's just so like reserved because he said like He wants to literally reserve any energy to training. So even like speaking, he like won't. He like has people speak for him. And it was just like, he like loves his wife who he met through CrossFit and they're, you know, embarking on this new adventure of like 
they built bought a barn and all of this and it's just like <laughs> right but i like got a little emotional <laughs> well i'm glad that he's doing like you said that he's doing it on top i hate watching athletes wash out and then retire yes. like past their prime yeah. like he's doing it right what so. would you think though if you won the year that he retired would you think you still won no, I'd be like he. That's what me. I said, but Stefan was like, "No, I said like tech. Yeah, technically you did win, but like you know, like I only won because Matt Frazier. Especially if you were like second every mm-hmm. year. I I don't know what the standings are, but if you were like top five every year that he mm-hmm. won, and he just blew everyone away, mm-hmm. it's like okay, well, yeah. Somebody asked me, she was because I was like, oh my god, Matt Frazier retired. She's like, who is that? And I was like. He's like if LeBron James decided to retire, but like in CrossFit, CrossFit's like a super new sport though. She's like, oh, yes, thank you. It's pretty weighty. Yeah, man. Rip. Rip. Well, good for him, I guess. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Relatively Relatable. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and write a review of our show if you haven't already. And if you want to stay connected with us, you can find us on Instagram at Relatively Relatable Pod. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.